0: Welcome to the AIQ Podcast presented by Microsoft Advertising. I am your host, Kathy Hackle. Over the last two episodes in this limited run podcast, we've been diving deep into what AI could mean for business, how it could change advertising, how it is being used by companies. In this third episode, I will be talking to Sandy Carter, Chief Operating Officer at Unstoppable Domains, about the power of AI in the future of business. We will also be talking about the role that technologies like blockchain could play and also what women can do to be a part of this AI future. As Sandy will explain in her interview, she has been a part of the technology industry for a long time and has been involved in AI for quite a while, too. And she has seen firsthand how important it is to have more women making decisions related to AI technologies, how it is being used, how it is being created and how it'll eventually affect society. During the conversation with Sandy, we also talked about the role that blockchain could have in the future of artificial intelligence in creating provenance and tracking for data. She brought up a good point about how do you use these technologies like blockchain to make sure that the content that you are seeing is authentic, is real, it is authorized. And that in itself is I think a big question about the future of artificial intelligence in business. Let's go now to the interview with Sandy Carter. Hello, everyone. So today on AIQ, I have someone that I admire a lot that I've actually worked with in the past who is a visionary, um, someone you know, someone that I've really looked up to and has, has really opened, I think, the way and blazed the trail for a lot of us women in technology. Sandy Carter, welcome to AIQ. Kathy,
1: it's so great to be here, and I feel the same about you. You are doing such amazing things across the board in AI and spatial, so I can't wait for this interview.
0: Thank you so much. So um, I want to start by letting folks know a little bit about who you are. So a lot of folks in the industry do know you, but maybe some people listening to the podcast haven't come across your name. So if you can tell them who you are, what you're doing, and a little bit about what you're passionate about. Yeah. So um, I am currently the COO of a company called
1: Unstoppable. Unstoppable is a, uh, a company that is built on blockchain, and we do digital identity. So if you think about you know, what you might do uh, to log into Google, this does it all on chain. So you own your data and you own your digital identity. I'm really passionate about it because it really, I think data, owning your own data is like an essential human right. In fact, Kathy, you and I were just at Davos and um, I was teasing someone that this should be a human right that's actually documented that you own your own data and you own Mm -hmm. your own digital identity. Um, Before I came into uh, Unstoppable, I was also the, um, I've also worked for two Fortune 100 companies that are amazing companies. One was AWS, where we worked together. I started the um, enterprise division there, and then I ran our regulated industry uh, ecosystem program. And then at IBM, I also looked after several different things, but ended up in the last uh, job supporting the software ecosystem, which was primarily at that so- time, Watson, or what's now known as Watson X, which mm-hmm. is artificial intelligence. So Kathy, I like to joke that I've been in AI <laughs> since 2013. And all the youngsters are like, wait, chat GPT was around in 2013. And I was like, <laughs> No, 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 no. We've had like Watson with AI and Mm -hmm. then uh, SageMaker and other products from AWS. And now, of course, Gen AI has taken the stage. But yes,
0: I've been in AI since 2013. Amazing. Um, And and in the work that you're doing, uh, when we were at Davos, you had some really interesting conversations around not only owning your own identity, but how AI and Web3 and blockchain technology can help, right? Understand and trust content. Like, what is real? How do I make sure that something I'm seeing is real? Because the whole thing at Davos, right, was uh, rebuilding trust. And there was a lot of conversation on AI, but how, you know, how do you see the role of, of blockchain technology and AI to be able to make us trust what
1: we're seeing? Yeah, it's a great question. And you are right. You know, one of the really interesting things, I think, are there are so many sophisticated AI solutions out there, and it makes it really easy and very convincing for deep, deep fakes and whether that's a picture or audio or you know just a, a quote, they're gonna become more and more common. And I think, you know, we learned at Davos that this year, twenty fourteen, will be forty nine percent of the world's population, sixty four elections, not counting EU, will happen this year. And I know a lot of people are worried about bad actors creating more mistrust and more harm. So one of the things that we do using uh, Unstoppable is we do something called trust verification. And what that does is it gives you that digital identity that exists on the blockchain that you can use to validate information about yourself and others. So for example, if I posted a picture of me in a puffer jacket I could have <laughs> almost like a check mark that said, yes, this picture is actually me. Mm-hmm. Um, or you could imagine a politician, right? At the end of their uh, video online, there'd be a little check mark that's available on blockchain that says, I'm running for this office. And blockchain, not I, mm-hmm. not someone else approves the message, but blockchain approves this message to be from me as well.
0: And that's very, very powerful, right? Especially in in the context of today's um, AI conversation and everything that's been happening, you know, and everything from Taylor Swift on, you know, the images on Twitter, well, X. Um, So what are your thoughts around the role that women are going to play and are playing in the development of AI, what is the role that women are playing? What is the role we need to play? What are some of the opportunities?
1: Yeah, so I should also say when you asked me what I was most proud of, I also mm-hmm. started a group called Unstoppable Women of Web 3 <clears throat> and AI. And we um we were all about educating women on what is AI and what is blockchain. Like how do those two things fit together? And the reason I think that is important, Kathy, is today Only 12% of all AI researchers are women. And only 13% of blockchain founding teams include even one woman as a founder. Mm -hmm. And why that matters is that innovation comes from having diversity of thought. And so if you have no women involved in training learning models to eliminate unconscious bias, if you have no women involved in AI research, -hmm. What you're going to lose is you're going to lose the power of not only innovation, but also you're going to lose the power of inclusion. Um, One of the biggest ones that just broke my heart at Davos was the fact that women's data didn't start getting collected for healthcare until 1993. Wow. So we're 17 years behind in data. Now, what does that matter? Well, data is what feeds AI. Without data, You cannot have valid conclusions that are generated from using AI technology, whether that's an AI agent or a large language model. None of that would be valid without that data. And it's hard to do, you know, um, synthesized data when you don't even have enough of it. Mm -hmm. And so I do believe it's so important for women to be involved in all parts of artificial intelligence because it helps the economy and in fact I went to a session at Davos at well as well it was led by McKinsey about just women's health and if we had enough data addressing women's health that could feed into these AI models they did the research and they said it could boost the global economy by one trillion dollars annually wow until 2040 one trillion dollars oh. annually by 2040. Uh, And so I think this is like a business imperative. It's just not the right thing to do. It's a business imperative across all different functions of artificial intelligence.
0: And what are you seeing out there? I mean, you're obviously in touch with a lot of these, you know, these executive women in these roles in AI. What are you seeing right now as far as Are there any apprehensions from these women in these roles? I mean, it's like being all honest, like being a woman in tech can be hard. Like it can be tough. It can be lonely. So what do you think a lot of women in AI are thinking as we're developing, you know, new AI systems?
1: Um, Well, the interesting thing is the data shows that women aren't exploring AI as much as men, as Mm. much as 15%. And that's, that's really sad a lot yeah. of women are a, a a little afraid of it because it has that technology bent. Um, and Kathy, you know, it's hard. Like it yeah. can be a little hard and a little intimidating until you get into it. <laughs> um, a lot of women are wondering: Is it safe? Mm-hmm. And I think because women are more empathetic leaders which is a great thing i also think that they want to be sure that what they're putting in place is more mature in fact i had two ceos at davos say you know i've got these people planning for my ai strategy and one is a man and one is a woman and the woman is consistently coming back being more conservative and um he was asking me why is that like i want to move really fast and i said Mm -hmm. well you know i don't know the women so i don't know but my premise would be that they're being very cautious. They're helping you do trusted AI and responsible AI. And they're thinking through all the implications of, do you have the right data? Not just saying, hey, let's just go for it, Mm -hmm. but really being thoughtful in their proposals. And I think that's what we need right now is really thought. So I think, you know, in summary, I think women are thinking, is it, you know, can I do it? Because it's got that tech in it. Is it safe? And if so, I want to approach it with caution to make sure Mm -hmm. I do it right. I think those are probably the big three that I heard.
0: Yeah, and I definitely agree that that's something I'm seeing, like women in the space really thinking through, you know, different scenarios, second and third order effects, like how could this really pan out? What does this really mean? Um, I've definitely seen that a lot across the conversations I've had with women in the space. I want to turn our conversation now a little bit more to... Uh, the book that you wrote last year called The Tiger and the Rabbit, which I am proudly, pr- proudly wrote the foreword to. So <laughs> very thank happy. you. Thank you. Yeah, I know. I know. But I want to I want you to tell folks a little bit about the book, especially when it comes to A.I. I mean, obviously, it covers Metaverse Web 3, uh, but it also covers A.I. But tell folks a little bit about your book and maybe some of the nuggets that they can get related to A.I. from the book.
1: So um, it's really fascinating. So I started writing the book with Mm -hmm. Wiley. And uh, the book was going to be almost like another business book, Kathy, on, you know, what is AI? How do you use it? And uh, my publisher said, you know, I think people right now are afraid of what it is. And they want a gentle way to ease in. So why don't we do a business fable? Now, um, if you remember back, there is a book called The Five Elements of a dysfunctional team. And Patrick wrote this great business fable. It was actually Wiley's number one best selling business book of all time. So I had a lot of you know big shoes to fill. So I started mm-hmm. figuring out how could I write a story? So I think the first nugget is it's a really easy book because the first half of the book is a business fable. Mm-hmm. It's a story of a woman, a woman CEO who brings in a change maker to figure out what should they do how should they approach all of this new technology um so i think that's one it's an easy read up front is really a story and it's you know i've even had my daughter's friends tell me oh Ma- oh i got it you know i miss carter i got it i understand it mm-hmm. now um the second nugget is the book actually originally had a different title But as we sent it out to different companies to read, they said one of the big nuggets was that they should form a rabbit team Mm -hmm. versus doing tiger teams. And what do I mean by that? Well, a tiger team attacks problems. Usually you're looking in the rearview mirror. And a rabbit team you put together to look forward, to dive deep, to move fast – And be a lean team, but to be looking forward and looking at the convergence of these technologies like artificial intelligence. And so that actually became the title of the book. And I was so thrilled. Pepsi, um, after they did a pre-read, renamed their team that they had to explore AI the rabbit team because of this. So that's the second one is, you know, it's not just about technology. It's Mm -hmm. also about how you form your team to set up your strategy and to execute. And then I would say the third and final nugget in the book is um, there are a lot of frameworks in the back Mm -hmm. and the frameworks go through How do you how do you play storm, not brainstorm, but play storm, get your hands dirty with the technology, what you should try, how you should try it, how you should set up your team, how you should set up your strategy. So it's a setup really like uh, one of my friends said, really, it's like, you know, paint by numbers for how you (laughs) get started in AI. So those would be the three big takeaways uh, from the book.
0: Yeah, and it's a fantastic book. Towards the end, Sandy, I'll ask you to kind of let folks know where, where they can find it because it's a, a fantastic book. I had the chance to read it, obviously, really early on <laughs> um, to write the forward, so um, so thank you for that. Uh, so let's move now a little bit into maybe where you see the future of AI going, right? We talked about trust. We talked about the role of women in, in, in the AI space. Um, where do you see things going in the next one to two years when it comes to AI? Because it does feel like it's continuing to move fast. It's accelerating. This is not going away. So in the next near future, let's talk about a near future, one to two years. What are some of the things that you see when it comes to AI?
1: So um, I would say maybe one, and maybe it's obvious, but that there'll be widespread adoption across industries. So I did notice a lot of verticalization, so people looking at AI for retail, for healthcare, care, um, with a new ability to write your own GPT, I've been seeing a lot of interesting, uh, you know, focus on that. So, for example, um, in finance, having... Uh, GPTs that specifically look for fraud detection or to provide personalized banking services. So I think that'll be one, will be Mm -hmm. that widespread adoption. I think secondly, and we chatted about it a little bit, will be um, more of a focus on ethical AI and bias mitigation, uh, because I think we'll be using AI so prevalently I think there'll be a greater focus on ethical AI practices, which is where all those women who want those CEOs to slow down and think about it are right. You need to ensure Mm -hmm. transparency in those decision-making. I also think that we're going to see a lot of AI being used for um, automation, and in fact... I had the uh, privilege of also going to CES. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I got that CES and um, Davos combo. And one of the things I really loved at CES was Rabbit R1. It's Mm -hmm. a little device you can hold in your hand, Um, it's multimodal, so not Uh, not like a chat GPT, but it seamlessly integrates into your application so that you could order a pizza with it. You could push to talk with it. And all those are really automating what we do today. And I think we're going to see a lot more of that automation as well. And then finally, I think we're going to see more personalization and convergence. So Kathy, I think that AI with spatial will be really powerful, AI with commerce, AI with blockchain. I think we're going to see a lot more um, enhanced viewpoints around those combos because I think those combos are going to add really value, right? They'll become intertwined. And uh, to really harness kind of the true potential, I think this convergence will be one of the key drivers of of, uh, innovation. I know you're real excited about spatial too, Mm -hmm. but we've talked spatial and AI really really
0: adds something to that domain of uh, spatial. So you used the word convergence several times, and I think it's such an important word as we head into this new era, right? A spatial computing era, or the era that comes after mobile computing and it's infused with AI. How do you think, you know, you mentioned the R1, but how do you think our devices might start to change as we move into what comes after mobile computing? Oh, I think our devices, for me
1: anyway, I think our devices will become more immersive. Um, And what do I mean by that? Well, right now you can see all of these folks jumping into that immersive world, uh, Forever 21. Now Mango's jumped in. Um, I got a demo of the new Mango virtual world at CES. And it was really powerful to see what they were doing, and their, you know, and to think about phase two with devices that could draw in uh, and complete artificial intelligence, using artificial intelligence as scenario. Um, so, for example, um, I was with Sony, and Sony was showing me like in real life they were filming a movie, and they had a background up, and the background wasn't complete, but using augmented reality, when you saw the video that came out, it actually had filled in the top of the picture. It was pretty amazing. And they were talking about how much more efficient that was going to make them, how much more effective. But the number one thing is how much more experiential it was going to be for the user or the viewer.
0: Yeah, I feel like we're going into this moment where we're expanding computing through the use of AI and computer vision, right, into a lot of surfaces. Mm -hmm. So what I think what lies ahead is really, really exciting. Um, Sandy, I want to thank you for joining us for the podcast. I want folks to be able to connect with you uh, and find your books. Where can they reach out to you? How can they connect with you?
1: Yeah, so I'm very active on LinkedIn. So it's just Sandy Carter on LinkedIn or on Twitter, Um, which is sandy underscore carter Uh, and you can also find the book out on amazon it is called the tiger and the rabbit harnessing the power of the metaverse web 3 and ai and kathy thank you so much for having me on
0: you're such a good moderator and hostess so thank you (laughs) Thank you so much. And I also want to um, make a side note. Um, Sandy has a fantastic column on Forbes. We both are Forbes contributors, but Sandy's just been, you know, doing great work on AI and covering the AI space on Forbes. So definitely, you know, read what Sandy's writing because it's fantastic. All right, Sandy. Well, thank you for being here. And I hope that uh, everyone listening to the AIQ podcast has up-leveled their AIQ, gotten some golden nuggets of knowledge, and is ready to go and build this AI future. As Sandy mentioned in her interview, it is important that many different people have a seat at the table and are able to be a part of this AI revolution. The truth, and I think a lot of us understand it, is that artificial intelligence is here to stay and that the capacity at which it will impact society will be determined in the years to come. I want to thank you for joining us for AIQ for Episode 3. Next week, we'll have episode four, the last episode in this limited run podcast presented by Microsoft Advertising.